as the ACLU points out, there's no alternative to free speech because every controversial topic has a substantial group of people who look at it as hate speech. And if unacceptable speech is defined in terms of topics that make people feel marginalized or uncomfortable, then all controversial topics would be removed. Welcome to The Shrinks on Third, our psychology and social justice podcast. I'm psychologist Julie Mayer. And I'm psychologist Cindy Ariel. Welcome. I think, Cindy, that it's a good time to go over the First Amendment. I think people think they know what it covers, but do they? Do we even know? Always learning. It's a good time as those rights are being threatened. So let's review. The First Amendment of the Constitution guarantees protection for freedom of speech. And freedom of the press. And freedom of association, which is freedom to join or be a part of whatever group you want. Freedom of assembly, which is freedom to meet and gather with other people. And freedom of petition, which is freedom to complain about or ask for assistance by the government in favor of or against policies you feel strongly about. Taken together, these rights refer to freedom of expression. So when so many protesters were taking to the streets, sometimes weekly during the Trump years, they often chanted, this is what democracy looks like. Because the freedom to say what you want, to gather and to express yourself in various ways are basic to democracy and a free society. These freedoms are so important that if we didn't have them, we also wouldn't have many of the other basic rights we have right now, like the right to voice opinions or to protest, to vote, or to gather peacefully. It would even impact freedom of religion. We probably wouldn't be allowed to put this podcast out since we discuss sometimes controversial topics and we have a lot of opinions. It's true. Over the years, the ACLU has represented and defended people and groups engaged in some very offensive speech. They've defended the speech rights of Nazis and Ku Klux Klan members. That's because as they explain it, defending freedom of speech is most necessary when the message is one most people find repulsive. Yeah, it's a little counterintuitive, but if you think about it, it does make sense. Constitutional rights have to apply to even the most unpopular groups if they're going to be there for everyone. Otherwise, where's the boundary? Who decides where to draw the line? Yeah, regulating free expression, even by trying to limit hate speech, raises concerns that any of us could be silenced. Also, viewpoints don't change just because someone cannot talk about it. Silencing them doesn't make it go away. The hateful ideas, they just go underground. This makes it even harder to trust what people really think and makes us feel even less safe. If we don't know who we can trust, then it's hard to trust anyone. When haters are allowed to openly express their hate, 
we at least know who to avoid or to challenge or to protect ourselves from. And this ironically makes us safer. Right. According to the ACLU, the most effective way to counter the potential negative effects of hate speech, which includes discriminatory or hateful views on the basis of race, religion, gender, or anything else, is not through censorship. That is not how you counter it, but through more speech. In other words, through speaking out against it. Censoring hate speech apparently does more harm than good. And to counter hate speech, the United Nation also supports more positive speech and upholds respect for freedom of expression. From this point of view, any restrictions on speech have to be a major exception that are literally looking to prevent harm and ensure equality. It's true. Determining when the potential for harm is high enough to justify prohibiting speech is really hotly debated. But other methods of addressing hateful speech, like education and promoting more positive messages, can be used to counter some of the harmfulness. There's a category of speech that the Supreme Court has labeled hate speech, officially hate speech. And that type of speech is excluded by the First Amendment, but it's not based on content and it's really hard to define. You're right when you said it's counterintuitive. Most speech that contains hateful content is not illegal. Speech that falls into the category of hate speech includes the context and hateful words that have genuine threats and give reasonable fear of real violence to someone or some group. Ironically, you can feel threatened. You can even feel emotionally traumatized or silenced by somebody's speech but those things don't necessarily make it a punishable hate speech. It's always looked at from both sides to make sure that if the places were reversed, it's really objectively threatening and likely to end in serious harm. Then it would be considered punishable hate speech. Right. And that's because people on the left and on the right fear the speech of the other side, that that speech would influence people. But communists were blacklisted, socialists were banned, civil rights activists have been hated and feared. All of their activities have been interpreted as dangerous. Actually, when you look at that, it's mostly people on the left getting shut down. Just saying. No, that's exactly right. The main point is, from the ACLU, that you can't discriminate against a viewpoint, one you agree with or even a horrible one. Also, the right to free speech guaranteed by the First Amendment only applies to the government. Any private entity is not held by constitutional free speech guarantees. So the truth is an employer can dictate how employees are allowed to express themselves. Now, just because you don't have to protect something as important as free speech doesn't mean you shouldn't. Just because not doing the right thing isn't illegal doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Cindy, that is basically always true. I think so. Advocating illegal conduct, including child abuse, is even protected. The Supreme Court drew a distinction between advocating illegal conduct and intentionally inciting illegal conduct. That doesn't make advocating things like child abuse less disgusting or gross. No, it doesn't. The topic of deciding what is acceptable speech has come up 
for a lot of colleges and university in recent years, videos of students walking out on a speaker whose message they found harmful, dangerous, or disagreeable have gone viral at various times. When does a controversial topic become hate speech? When should it be allowed as free speech? These are hard to understand questions. Yeah. The answers are hard to understand. As the ACLU points out, there's no alternative to free speech because every controversial topic has a substantial group of people who look at it as hate speech. And if unacceptable speech is defined in terms of topics that make people feel marginalized or uncomfortable, then all controversial topics would be removed. Exactly. Feeling upset because you're hearing words is not a reason to shut down other people's rights to say them. Many types of bias can prevent opposing sides from accepting other viewpoints. For people with selective bias, most of us have some of that. It's not just that they interpret their perceptions differently. They actually see different things, pick up on different emphasis or meaning. People look for evidence that supports their opinions and they ignore evidence that contradicts them often. People feel their own views make sense and that their views are good, but the other side's views don't make sense and are not good. In fact, they're bad. So in general, all of us tend to be kind of biased. There's a very interesting survey that shows a large percentage of students favoring banning nearly every controversial topic. For example, a survey of 3,000 Americans with university experience found that 40% would ban a speaker who says men on average are better than women at math. 51% would ban claims that all white people are racist. 49 would ban statements that Christians are backward or brainwashed. 49% would ban speech that criticizes police. 41% would ban speakers who say undocumented immigrants should be deported. And 51 said it was okay to prevent others from hearing a speaker. So with that, any expression offensive to any subgroup would be banned. It would be hard to find any acceptable speakers or topics. Right. No campus group has the right to determine for an entire community what can and cannot be discussed. Similarly, we can't make that call for larger communities. Instead, it would help more to educate people to value other points of view, or at least respect the people who have them, or maybe not respect the people, but respect that they do have them, and also to inoculate them against more unreasonable or harmful extremist views. I like that idea. Just as colleges require that freshmen understand codes of conduct for things like sexual harassment, plagiarism, and intoxication, they could require students to understand the differences between free speech and hate speech. It would be a really good life lesson. Free speech isn't just for opinions that we all share. Nobody has to be guaranteed a right for that. We wouldn't need a guarantee. The protection is more for expressions that can be disgusting, even horrifying. Or dangerous. While it may be hard to listen to, we have a right not to listen. There's always that. And there are some mental health benefits of freedom of expression. Open dialogue is better than censorship for growth and understanding. That is absolutely true. And we both definitely believe that as psychologists. 
anyone can benefit from talking with different people who hold different viewpoints that are different from one another. It can help us further understand and develop our own point of view and possibly help whoever we're talking to to do the same. These types of interactions can help us examine our own thoughts and get feedback and makes us less vulnerable to holding on to inaccurate or distorted ideas. It's also healthier to be able to express our thoughts and ideas in straightforward and direct ways so they don't come out more indirectly or too aggressively or passive aggressively, which can all cause harm. Free speech allows people to put their thoughts and feelings on the table to examine, reflect, and even change over time. Censoring free speech, even when we hate what's being said, limits our ability to do any of this. Well, there are not always good people on both sides. It helps to know whose side people are on. It really does. To learn more, you can go to mtsu.edu first dash amendment slash page slash things you need. That's Middle Tennessee State University. If you Google First Amendment, there's plenty more out there to read. Just check your sources so that you don't accidentally read the fake news that the First Amendment protects. Thanks for listening. You can find us at shrinksonthird.com and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Shrinks on Third. Till next time. Take care.